Yeah, what's going on? It's your boy KG. It's your boy LB. What's the deal? Man, we're coming back to y'all again. Another episode, episode 19, Thin Lines We Love in Sports. Let's go. Yes, sir, what's been going on with you, man? Bro, bro, it's just been work, man. Work and, you know, the same old, same old. Wrapping up football season for my son. That's about it. Oh, yeah. I feel you on that. Same thing for me, man. Working school, just trying to get to it. Um, of course, you know, still watching this uh, basketball and the football yeah. thing going on. Yeah. Basketball has jumped off. Um, exciting things going on. You know, we'll get into that later on. Football has a lot of interesting things going on also. Big time. Yeah, stuff we probably moves didn't being expect. made. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't think we've seen this in a while, man, as far as how many moves been made within the season and everything. Right, right. Yeah, so we're going to get into that, man. Uh, so uh, first off, we want to talk about, let's stay on basketball. We had um, our first topic was about the G League. You yeah. Know, more, more specifically, the NBA. They started a new rule where they said they're going to start um, any elite athlete coming out of high school, they'll pay them $125,000 to, uh, to to play in the G League. And they're also going to offer them, you know, I guess the you can call it classes. Yeah. Like, uh, like classes of some sort to kind of help them manage money yeah, and stuff like, like that. Like development. Yeah. Pretty much. Like hands on training. I like it. Like, um, just, I have a couple questions about it. Mm-hmm. And first, I think they said like eight to ten players. Okay. I think that's what they said. Like, uh, guys, for this year, because they're, they're starting it immediately, they're targeting guys that haven't committed to a, um, a school yet. Okay. You know, so uh, most notably for the uh, people that follow, like, high school basketball, I know Cole Anthony's like, the the number one, on, yeah, exactly. you know what I'm saying, one of the top ones, right? And he hasn't committed to a school. As a matter of fact, I think him and the uh, all three of the top three consensus players haven't committed to a school. So, yeah. um, I like the idea. They don't want to commit until probably right. Know, well, I, well, with this, like. you know, on the horizon, I don't see them committing at all, I, especially yeah. um, Cole. You know, him coming from a family with money. That's true. Uh, college, really. Come on now. Yeah. Uh, his path is set. He knows what he wants to do. So I could definitely see him jumping in. I think it's good. I, I think they should actually expand it, though. Yeah. I don't think eight to ten players are enough. I think I think they should probably give all 32 teams the option of extending one offer to a high school uh, high school student, be it here or be it abroad. Yeah. You know, there's a couple – 18-year-olds that are international kids that probably can come over here and get their feet wet. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So uh, I, I think it's good. I, to me, I think they need a, a complete overhaul mm-hmm. of the G League, and this is a start. Uh, but what do you think about it? Man, I actually uh, I actually, I love it. Um, I mean, I do agree with you on the idea of a, the 8 to 10. I, don't, I think it should be more than that. Yeah. Um, but stemming from, like I said, if you expand it to overseas players, because you know you might not have, you might only have up to maybe ten, you know, good players that's right. for that type of level at the high school level, anyways. But uh, if you expand it to overseas and get some of those more kids more developed, a lot of them are playing professional, anyways. Over right, there. like you got uh, Doncic for yep. in the math. Let's playing, let's go, let's yeah, go. Yeah, I read it. Even playing since he was young and you mm-hmm. know professional over there, and he's like he's, sixteen. You know, and you see what it's doing for him. Um, so yeah, I actually like it, man. Uh, like I said, I hope they can kind of expand it. And uh, I really, really love the idea of them trying to develop them as far as being individuals in society. You know, if, you know, as far as the classes, I don't know how beneficial they will or or how they're going to plan out the curriculum for it, how they're going to do it, or assign them advisors. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But I really love the idea of that, actually preparing them for society rather than just throwing them some money and just, you know, yeah. they blow 125000 on something stupid because they can easily do that. Big time. Um I do agree with you on as far as like thirty-two teams expanding out because it kind of reminds me of what they do in baseball. Baseball, already. yeah. So you can kind of create this this team up under you and then start to develop them there from there. Because right now it looks like um, G League is kind of just like a dumping ground. Yeah, and you that's that's I mean? my yeah. You're right. It's just that's... a dumping ground. We're gonna take the kid, these players who really don't have any type of potential in the NBA. I'm just gonna we gonna leave them here in the G League so we can say we had something there. For everybody to you know be happy about, mm-hmm. uh, so I think this is an opportunity for them to change that, to change the, um, the idea of the G League, and going forward, you know this is going to be great. And Lavar Ball no longer has a job no more. Nah, no, <laughs> with, no. With the, um, with the JVA, I mean, I think his JVA was going to fold anyway. It was a yeah. great idea, but yeah. you know, 
he wasn't the one to execute it because of the way that he put himself out there. Yeah. You know, people are going to work against you so it can fail. So yeah. it was a good idea. I think he um, did force the NBA's hand though. With, yeah, with, with I, that idea I, I think he had. his idea he had because the NBA knows that if it was a beloved figure mm-hmm. that done this, then the response to it would have been totally different. Right. Like let's just say one of these ex NBA greats that everybody loves. Mm-hmm. With enough money and enough friends and enough investors, like Ice Cube in the Big Three, right? right you know right. what I'm saying? Like, let's say Ice Cube, for example. Let's say you know what I'm having so much success with this Big Three. There's a space that I could operate in, and I could really make a killing. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's dollars in this because the NBA they probably looking at things like you know the. Uh, the Nike EYBL circuit, the Adidas gauntlet, the Under Armour circuit. So I just finna say, you know, yeah. Looking at the Drew League, these proams, like this, this is a space where it's growing. Like the internet age has grabbed a hold of these amateur sporting events, especially basketball, yep. and they've created a phenomenon around them. And the NBA, they missing that money because there's no ball is life in the G League. No. You know what I'm saying? No, there's no ball is life cameras out there recording them G League games. But they had them high school games. They had them summer league games. They had them, uh, you, you know, Drew League games. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's a whole uh, void that the NBA isn't filling. And I, I really think that's the main motivator for this is because yeah. they missing out on money. Like, well, I would say know. they had to jump on it quick just because of the whole rule change in the college. Yeah. Because they finna uh, – they finna – cut out all that NBA, not NBA, I'm sorry, um, AAU stuff, as far as those major, major brands throwing yeah. this tournament, they finna cut all that out as far as when they can have live periods for the coaches to go to. So uh, the next step for Nike, now they, probably, they probably had to start their own league easily. Mm-hmm. You know what it, I mean? It, just, to, just to exploit these players. With it could have been done, man. Yeah, with them having the understanding that if you play in our league, you have to sign with our brand if you do sign to the NBA it, the year it, following. So. It kind of it kind of forced them on it. That's why you see this hairy up mode. Like let's start mm-hmm. let's, next let's, year. They you trying to I mean? do it immediately because uh, you're right, man. It's it. There's so many potential players in this mm-hmm. that the NBA had to do something. Yeah, they they had to because um, if somebody just up and just decides that you know I want to make my own league for these elite high school kids as like a buffer period between yeah. high school and the NBA. Because we know they're not going to do college, you yeah. know. Um, they could just take LeVar Ball's model. You know what I'm saying? They could actually go to the same venues he was in. Right. And they could do it better, fill them up, make the price of tickets cheaper, and increase the, uh, you know, the 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 fanfare around it. And boom, it's legit. Yeah, the G League is already like a circus anyways. If you ever go to a G League game, Yeah, I've been got, to the ones here. And it's, bounce it's, yeah, bounce houses everywhere. On. Like, no, I tried to take my son. He was more into the bounce houses. He yeah. was, like, begging me, like, man, can I just go over there? And finally, change. I was just like, man, just go. Change I'm that whole game. image, right. But I, say, I, guess, I guess I got two other things I wanted to just kind of, you know, stem off of this as far as – um. so I, I think it kind of – another piece that went into this was the NBPA was against the rule of – letting high school players go straight to the NBA. Yeah. And the NBA, they're one trying to force it, trying to say, no, nah, let's get them in the NBA now. So I guess – so it kind of it kind of shocked me in the sense that the players are more for them going to G League first to develop before coming to the NBA. I, think, I thought it would have been the opposite. I think it makes the brand better. Yeah. You know, I mean, think about it now. I mean, even with this one-year college – um, the NBA, the, the the actual product of the NBA, the talent pool of the NBA is is as rich as it's ever been since I've been alive. Like, um, I always tell people, I'm like, you know, when you're breaking down eras, you have the, uh, you know, Magic, Bird, you have that era where it was dominated by them, and then you had the Jordan era. And I'm like, when you really think about those two, those 80s and 90s, you start naming off all-time greats. You can name off a lot of them. Bird, Magic, Worthy, you know, Jordan, Pippen, yeah. Barkley, Drexler, Lajuan, Ewan. Like, you just start rattling them off, right? And then, after Jordan retired towards the late 90s and stuff, when they really started to have that influx of kids coming straight out of high school, 
Kobe wasn't playing with a whole bunch of all-time greats. Nah, it died down. He was, it, it, he's it, playing it, with Eddie Jones. And yeah, Eddie Jones. I mean, when you think about the all-time greats that Kobe yeah. was battling, it's like Vince Carter, T-Mac. Yeah. J-Kid, you know, and I like J-Kid. Um, man, I ain't even trying to be funny. I'm really thinking Shaq, of course. I mean, Shaq, he kind of was in both. Right. Um. Reggie Miller was kind of in both a little bit, you know, Tim Duncan. But you just don't name off them all-time greats like that during that era, and that's because you had such an influx of unskilled athletes mm-hmm. coming into the NBA. So when they started making guys go back to college, as one extra year of development, you come in and, you know, that 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 ramp-up period is not as, yeah. not as long as it normally was when they just come straight out of high school, sink or swim type. No, it definitely makes sense because uh... – Especially around that time too, let's say around our era, you know, yeah. coming out, we had a lot of our classmates going straight into the high yeah. uh, and all that. A lot of them failed. And too. after that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and that's kind of like that's when you saw like the whole shift of not necessarily say social media because it wasn't that big, but like the whole like media presence around high school it grew, like yeah. that was growing around the time. So you've seen these names, Sebastian Telfair, yeah, all these names. You know what I'm saying? Getting big, they on the N one crossover, getting featured on there, and they're like, oh, so let's throw them in the NBA. And they're getting there and they, 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 they bust. They wasn't ready. Right. So then they caught that early and they was like, no, nah, we're going to stop because let's get this this one year. So that kind of transitioned to our, my next question was, uh, how will it affect college basketball? And I guess for me, I think that it's going to take away from the, the flair that we see now. But I think it's going it's still going to be good basketball, though. Yeah, I like think you want to see like the whole like issue. If you want to call it Showtime, like you, like you want to see the Zions dunking for Duke, you want to see all this, you'll see some good whole team basketball back again. I was about to say, it, it's going to um, it's going to even out the playing field, mm-hmm. first of all. Um, and then the teams that actually win the national championship usually have, you know, more upperclassmen than these other schools. I mean, all yeah, these course, teams yeah. full of one-and-done players, they haven't really won anything, you know. But it's, it was good for them. It was good for the NCAA brand. It was, like that it because, was all right. Because they but, feel in. But they still feel in seats, though. When you see them uh, doing commercials for the, the seats, gonna feel anyway. For the uh, for March Madness, that's all you saw was a lot of the one and dones that was being featured on there. I, I don't think it's gonna hurt college at all. Yeah, you know, um, one thing that I seen in the article that they had from ESPN, and the same one where the uh, NBA PA was kind of against it, um, that shocked me was that there were a lot of agents that were against this too. Oh yeah, because they were basically saying that, you know, when you have these young kids and and these agents, they think in long term, they're like, when you have these young kids that are coming out of high school, uh, is that a lot of times they go to bad organizations. Yeah. In big markets. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, like the Clippers or New York Knicks or something like that. You know, we're in this large market, but we a bad organization. So they're saying that they want their kids to stay in college or go to college, really get their games together. So if they go to a bad organization, they're not dependent on that organization to develop them as players. They already got a leg up on the development side of the game. Yeah. You know, uh, so I thought that was big that they don't want that. You know what I'm saying? You would think that these money hungry dudes would be all for these kids jumping out going to school early, but they think in long term, like, man, yeah. you know, if you go early and you don't get the proper development, your career gonna be over fast. Right, and then they lose money. So it's a, it's a long-term right. investment for them. I mean they yeah. starting to see that now because they starting to see yeah. the players have been trying to be more I guess they're trying to be, you know, more cognizant of what they're doing with the players in the NBA. You see you see the LeBrons, you see, you know, the Duane Wade's, you see them trying to work out with the work out. players. Yeah, it's, like it's, it's big. You see them trying to grow themselves, and you probably didn't see that before. Well, you know we didn't see it before. No, we never no. It was – a lot of them got criticized for doing it because it was like you never see Cubs working out with somebody. or. But it's not – and it's, it's them trying to make their own league better, which I don't really see a problem with, you know. So it's – if they if they not want to work out with some of these young kids and ages, they ain't going to put their name behind them either. No, so. I mean a lot of these, um, you know, a lot of these workout sessions are also pitches. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm pretty sure everybody that LeBron, you know, chop it up with, he let them know that clutch sports is is 
a good great place to be you know that's another thing yeah i saw another article with clutch sports they they said that they they focusing on trying to get player they're trying to get good players in their organization but also um help their families too you probably don't see too many agents that do that you know they probably throw them some money but they know they tomorrow like far as help as far as you know yeah. trying to get them classes and stuff like that too education to develop, and, right you know put them in places to win you know so the players don't have to support the families in that way exactly. and that's big you know a yeah. lot of these players go broke supporting family so yeah. if you have a, a sports representation or sports management group that not only thinking about okay let me help you you know what i'm saying get the best contract you can get put you with the right people that could teach you how to invest your money diversify your portfolio yeah. make it grow to where when you retire you don't have to go get a job and you know, we could help your mom or your brother, or your 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 knucklehead cousin, put him in barber college or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you're right. Uh, that's definitely that's that's money in your pocket. Yeah, that you don't have to worry saying. about. So investments, yeah, yeah, that's big. So, uh, but yeah, okay. See, that's a great topic, man. Yeah, so let's gonna keep it moving. Um, recently, we had a uh, Rondo <laughs> and Chris Paul get into a a fight. Fisticuffs. On a national TV. That was awesome, man. Yeah, national TV. <laughs> so, yeah, I just want to see, you know, like it or love it. What you, what you feel? I hate it, man. It. I hate it because it was dumb. But, I mean, I get it. But it was more comical than anything. But I think it's just been so long since there's been, like, actual punches landed in the NBA, especially like prominent players. I know Aaron Flalo took a swing at somebody last year. That had me laughing. But um, just to see like two well-known basketball players actually throw blows and connect, it just kind of set the, you know, social media world on fire. But to me, it wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, at first, when I was looking at it, I'm like, damn, Chris Paul put his finger in his face. He deserved to get hit. Yeah, And then he said he got spit on. And I'm like, man, it don't look like he got spit on. I said, Rondo, you know, when people spit, you can see the, the head movement. The, you know, it, it, the, the cock back. you yeah. can see when somebody's spitting. <laughs> so I'm like, man, Rondo didn't spit on him. But then, you know, they start showing like so many different angles. And you can see that Rondo kind of, you know, did a little something. It, you, he definitely didn't like hawk spit on him, but he he blew something on him. You know what yeah, I'm saying? He blew, yeah. So, um. Chris Paul probably should have punched him instead of, you know, putting his finger in his face. But it probably just wasn't enough to, like, make him, like, punch him. You know, it probably just like, man, what the – you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, you know, when you put your fingers in a man's face, you need to be prepared for that that swing that's going to come after that. But it was it was cool, though, to see, man. I'm glad that they didn't get suspended for no crazy amount of games. It was like, what, five at the max? Right. So that's cool to me, man. It was – it's just some more entertainment. This 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 basketball season is really shaping up to be something entertaining. I can say that for sure. As far as what I'm saying, it, it, it caught me off guard. Like, dudes, they're really, like, swinging at each other. We ain't seen that. In and forever. Like, forever. I think, like I said, the first time, last time I can only think of somebody reconnected, that was somebody with that caliber of a name was when, uh, I forgot his name, y'all. That's crazy. And my old boy uh yeah. popped it off on Kobe. Chris Child? Chris Child. I was going to say Artest and them, but they was fighting in the stands. They was in the, yeah, they were in the stands. But you, even then, they weren't really connecting, though. They were swinging, but they no, weren't no, really connecting. Well, Steven Jackson caught somebody. Steven Jackson, yeah, he did. Yeah, but he, I'm talking about, like, it was a lot of punches being thrown that right, wasn't landing. Right. Chris Paul and Rondo landed almost every punch they threw in this, you know, in this little scuffle. A little skirmish. They yeah, had. but uh, I said, I kind of, I was like, I liked it from a, a fan standpoint, just, you know, seeing it because. They always, you know, we always call the NBA soft, which right. it is. It's very soft. But just to see that them retaliating, trying to protect themselves, it was like a, it was kind of good to see it from that angle. As far as uh, Rondo spitting, I was like, when I first saw, I was like, man, if he spit him, I can't rock with him at all. But uh, I got to see him some more interviews, and I, and for one thing, I know about just watching Rondo over the years. I mean, he beat LeBron a lot of time. He never bit his tongue about anything, uh-huh. you know, about anybody, anything like that. And he said that when Chris Paul got in his face, he's finna tell him to get the fuck out of his face. When he went to say it, he had mouthpiece in his mouth. So that's where you saw the little, mm-hmm. you know, spit or whatever it was that came out and hit him. So so I, honestly, I think he did spit on him. I don't think it was purposely. 
because you can kind of tell in his body language, like he was kind of turning his head. That's like, what I'm saying. Like, it, like get it, out of my face. It didn't feel like a spit. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, it, it didn't come across as like, like, like I'm trying to great, like, degrade yeah, you right now. It didn't yeah. come across like that. Like, I've like seen said, people yeah. spit on people, and you know, that's a deliberate act. Right. And then in the background, you don't see Mellow and them kind of the way they kind of reacted when like they saw somebody spit. Spit. Yeah, yeah, that's another thing I'm thinking. Like, when people spit, like, everybody in the vicinity, like, be like, man, it's just a certain reaction. Yeah, they're that, like, it's so disrespectful. Or something. You know like, what yeah. I'm so, but uh, he, he kind of stuck Chris Paul pretty nice, though, just with that lefty. That yeah, it was, it was cool. Uh, the thing that I hated about it the most was the way people got mad at LeBron for walking uh, off yeah. with Chris Paul. That's why I finna go next, yeah. I'm like, bro, they homeboys. Like, they, yeah. they are legitimate friends. They hang out in the offseason. Like, contrary to popular belief, this is still a job, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I know it's a game, and I've been seeing people like, man, you know, uh, we're going to be in that locker room for 82 games, and we like brothers. And, like, no, my nigga. No, we are not brothers, bro. Yeah. Chris Paul, that's my actual brother right there. Like, if I have an issue right, and I, I, I really need to talk to somebody, I'm going to call Chris Paul before I call Lance Stevenson or Brandon Ingram. I don't know these niggas. I just met these niggas a couple months ago. Yeah. Chris Paul, that's my guy. You know what I'm saying? So, it ain't nothing wrong with LeBron doing that. Yeah, I, I, I could understand like if if LeBron turned around and stole Rondo because Rondo right. hit Chris Paul, then I'd be like, "Whoa, LeBron! Like that's still your teammate." But yeah. you know, just breaking it up and making sure Chris Paul is good ain't nothing wrong with that. That's what I'm gonna go to LeBron, and especially LeBron had been in that locker room for a hot second. You know what I'm saying? He don't even like Rondo. Like that, like and Rondo that, had yeah. beef not that long right. ago. They, so. they, they, they still still growing. Yeah. But as far as uh, like, like I said, all he did was, and really, if you look at it, LeBron was the closest one to Chris Paul. He, yeah, he just grabbed the person he closest grabbed to him. him. Yeah. Right, and he grabbed him, and just but then I say anything else about Carmelo Anthony grabbing Brandon, Brandon Ingram. Either. Yeah, he did. You know, so then I'm not saying that part. Um, we all but, grown, bro. Like, but like come on, they just breaking yeah. up the fight. Man. Like I said, like, but they are they best friends at the end of the day, and he did. What he had to do because he knew he probably knows best how to calm down Chris Paul. Well, I mean, he probably knows Chris sense. Paul ain't no fighter either, man. I mean, yeah, that's true, watching yeah. your partner get stolen in the face, man, it really makes. We you know he ain't no fighter because he yeah. he had a, a direct line to the locker room last year when he went to go confront uh, the Clippers, when he was he, the Rockets, yeah, and he he, 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 he held got, back. Uh, Joe Green had to do it, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, okay. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, come on, you you, you knew what a tunnel was <laughs> or secret door. What you want to call he, it? He told him to go. Yeah, yeah you're right. So come on, man. <laughs> Uh, so we know that, but yeah, it's it's uh. So as far as that, you know, what I'm saying? I, I said I ain't follow LeBron for that at, at all, and especially I mean I kind of wish he would have went and come the teammates down afterwards a little bit, but at the end of the day, that's like I said, that's like his brother, so I'm not gonna get mad at him about that at all. So, but like I said, I like it for the NBA in a sense. Uh, I really don't want to see them fighting every game, but I do like to see that they aren't afraid to hold their own against each other. I, I think. And there's been some uh, bad blood between Rondo and Chris Paul anyway. So that was, that I, was I, long overdue. I think the chippiness is going to grow, though. Oh, yeah. Especially after only getting five games. And in the West, too. Yeah. Like, yeah, the chippiness is going to grow, man. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's that time. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's it's that time. Like, um, you know, Draymond Green got to prove himself now. Draymond, Kevin Durant made a lot of enemies. I, I could definitely see the Blazers and the Warriors really getting into it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I could see uh, Dame. Taking a shot at Steph, you know what I'm saying? Then Draymond having to come to his defense. Mm-hmm. Um, some other people that I could see like really button heads. Uh, teams that I don't think like each other at all. Oklahoma and Golden State, I could see yeah. that. Um, once Jimmy, Bo- I assume Jimmy Butler's gonna he, get he traded. He didn't go back there, but I don't uh, think he. Re- well, I guess him and I think him he. And Kat, I think he, Kat, yeah, Car yeah. in the town. They kind of. I think I think Jimmy Butler waiting to get traded so he could really go at Wiggins and Towns the way he wants to. Yeah. Um who else? Boston and Philly, you know, growing animosity towards each other. I mean we well, see none of them going unless unless I don't know, they all kind of kiddish. Like, you know, it's, unless, it's unless, a lot of immaturity you, out there. Yeah, unless you really get up on like MB, but MB's I think, a big clown though. I think I Ben Simmons probably the only I think Ben Simmons and, and Marquise Morris the only ones that are probably Box, yeah, and then it might be because yeah. I can see. I remember yeah. somebody tried to uh, more. He, he halfway gang member, so yeah, he, yeah. But I, I remember, uh, I forgot who it was, but somebody ran up on Ben Simmons last year and he didn't do all the pushing and the shoving. He was just like, you know, come to the locker room, meet me in the, in the, in the stairway over yeah. here, and dude didn't do nothing, so he walked off. So I know, you know, 
if you like that when it's time to fight instead of doing all that extra, then you really might be about boxing. So <laughs> you're trying to get out there. You're right. But I, it's, it's good. It's good, man. We want to see the chippiness. We want to see people go at each other like that. I know I do. Um, I think it's the last year the Warriors really dominating. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to break up. I think they are. They're going to have to. I mean, they, they'll they be back dominant, depending on how Boogie Cousins comes back, too. Oh, yeah. I forgot all about that dude, man. Yeah. Depending on how he comes back and messages with them, they'll be back to kind of dominating. But like you said, I think they're kind of digressing a lot, especially for, uh, with their bench. You know, their bench is not as strong as it used to be. And they used to really kind of – it kind of helped them out a yeah. lot in a lot of games. People, people don't realize that their bench helped them out a lot. I, I tell people all the time, like, the thing that helped Golden State be Golden State uh, was their versatility mm. with their rosters. Yeah. And they don't have it right now because they don't have a real big. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But when they had Bogut before they got KD, like, they could really play with the roster. They could have, you know uh, – Livingston on the court at the point, Clay, Draymond, Mo Spates, and and Bogut, and play super big, or they could go super small. Put Draymond at the five. Well, back then, they even had Leandro Barbosa. Barbosa come off the bench. They they really had um, Livingston. Yeah, they they had a lot of depth. Yeah. So we gonna see. We gonna see what's gonna happen in this NBA, man. Right. I, I'm pretty curious. Uh, Boston, they kind of fumbling right now. They're not looking too hot. I think the Lakers are what, 0-3? Yeah, 0-3. So, uh, the Rockets, they don't look good. I mean. Yeah, it's still kind of early, like you said. Yeah. Day, but, it, you know, at this time, you want to see somebody separate themselves. You might see that around game 10. So, see outside of Golden really State, who who look good right now to you? I mean, after like a week. Uh, or who surprised you? Like, wow, you know, they, they actually came out the gates looking like something. Uh, actually, important. Portland, Portland's looking pretty Portland good. Portland always man. do that. Yeah, they do. Like I said, they're not a playoff. They are. Yeah. They're not a playoff team. But like I said, they actually want to look the kind of most complete as far as what they're trying to do out there. Um, it was a uh, one other team before we were transitioning on. It was somebody else that was. Uh, I mean, they they say Utah is struggling right now, but for me, I think they still look. Utah looked all right. To yeah, me. I'm saying still look pretty decent. They had a. Uh, our boy, I don't think he shoot like that again. As far as for the. You talking about Joe English? Yeah, he, he got a she can shoot that thing like a mug, yeah. but that game against Rockets, though, he's out of his mind. He's going crazy. Yeah, so, but as um, far as what I seen from Utah, they, they defensive mindset is quite top, you know, top tier in the league. So They know what they need to do to win. Exactly. Uh, the team that that I kind of hated on, but I see what they're trying to do now, is New Orleans. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I was like, because they're – you know, I, I ask questions like, you know, what you think going to happen in the NBA, you know, a bold prediction. And a lot of people said that uh, Anthony Davis going to win MVP. And I'm like, man, they're not going to win MVP because their team not going to finish high yeah. up. But I forgot about Miritich. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he a beast. I don't think about them. They shoot a lot. They shoot more threes than the Warriors, actually. Yep, they, just, they just don't make as much. But, of course, they don't – they just – they get up a lot of shots. So, they – You got – wasn't – Miritich they falling, is they good. They definitely be dangerous. Miritic is a beast, man. He he a legit shooter out there at, at a power forward spot. Oh, so yeah. um Yeah, he's nice with it. That's a team to look at. Yeah. I I like what they can do, especially with uh Holiday and, and Peyton. And then I think Julius Randle is very underrated and underappreciated. Yeah. I don't know. I have reservations about him. Like he'd be off. He's too inconsistent for me. Julius Randle. I like him. Yeah. I think I think the thing that people don't like about Julius Randle is that he's too much of a tweener. You know what I'm saying? He big, but he don't post up like that. He yeah. trying to play like Charles Barkley or Larry Johnson, like dribble as hard as he can towards the goal and make something happen. Right. But I still like him though because he play hard. I got you. Okay. So let's go on, uh, let's go on and transition to the NFL, man. NFL. It's been a lot of things going on. Uh, so what was it? Yesterday uh, you had Amari Cooper traded to the – Dallas Cowboys for a first round pick. And um you kind of just told me this. I didn't realize this until we got on was uh Eli Apples got traded for yep. the Giants. Eli Apple out of there. Yeah, and then you got um uh Patrick uh Peterson. That's that's he, crazy to me yeah, that he, he, well, he that it came get, out like that. Yeah, he demanding a trade or he asking for a trade. Not we demanding yet, but he's asking for a from trade. From what I read, he is demanding yeah. a trade. Like they from what I read, they said he has no desire yeah. to beat it. And after what they put up on TV last week, I don't blame him. Yeah. 
See, and I and I feel like um, I forgot who I heard say it, um, and I kind of agree with it that Patrick Peterson kind of get up there in age. He old. Now I ain't gonna say old, yeah. but he don't want to waste his talent. He still right. got it. He's getting to the point to where he wants to win, and like the the big comparison they made to him um, was Larry Fitzgerald. They said that you know, of course, he's been to Super Bowl and everything, but they said that his career could be so much better if he just had like better quarterbacks or on a better team. So now I see he might be not. I think he still might be a Hall of Famer, but oh, definitely, it's gonna be. I don't think it's gonna be as fast as you no. know, it would have been as far as like say like how Randy Moss went to Tom Brady. I I, I think uh, because of Larry Fitzgerald's personality and his persona, the fact that he never complained, the fact that he didn't try and go to a different team. Yeah. They asked him to move into the slot because he lost his step. He moved into the slot. Now he's like a big-ass Wes Welker out there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I think he's going to be a super-duper first ballot because of he's just a great example of a person. Yeah, I just, I just, I'm talking about as far as like his just career stats. It's not – He got worried. some impressive numbers. I mean, his be, numbers yeah. ain't Randy Moss numbers. But right, I'm saying as far as him being like one of the like great greats, I don't think he, – he definitely had that. This day, if he had been like – because he had – I disagree. He had like Kurt Warner for a little bit. That's probably the best quarterback he's had. I disagree because Larry Fitzgerald, probably up until this year, was like a hundred catches a season. Like Larry Fitzgerald was, he was doing, he was great. Like when they moved him to the slot, he was like a hundred catches a season. Like Larry Fitzgerald has some very impressive. I'm not get that, but I think for me, he just, it ain't mind blowing like number Randy one Moss. Receiver now is not like it's not hard to get a hundred catches because that's we're passing the league now. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, but it's a lot of guys that's not getting a hundred catches, man. Yeah, but it's and for like, a dude yeah, that they, that's a, a top receiver, I kind of expect that from him. That's the thing; he's not a top receiver though. He, I mean, he moved. He lost a step. I think he still, he still. You think you think about like Arizona Cardinals? You think about Larry Fitzgerald still? That's but, a top receiver to me. But he's never on the top. As far as Charles, he might not be, but right. That's what I mean. Like, he's not a top receiver as far as you know, line him up on the outside, trying to abuse the number one cornerback. No, yeah, I mean these days, I think. But they they extended his career, so his yeah. his numbers are great. And I know he getting into the Hall of Fame first ballot because he's like a he's a model citizen in the league. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I mean those. But I get what you're first. saying though, because if he would have left. <sighs> They made the Super Bowl in 2009. Kurt Warner left probably like 2010, 2011. So let's say if he would have left about 2012, 2013. Yeah. That's five years that he probably could have gone to anywhere. I mean, anybody would have took a Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. And, I mean, Larry Fitzgerald on Green Bay, contention for Super Bowl. Uh, A lot of teams that are on the bubble, you know, that could use that. But I mean, he stayed put in Arizona. They had some some rookie quarterbacks, some sorry quarterbacks come in. He's trying to mentor these quarterbacks, help right. them out, help these receivers out. Uh, coaching changes and stuff. He's still there. So that's what I'm saying. A lot of it, like he's the knock said, the numbers are there as far as Hall of Fame. I yeah. wasn't taking that from him, but I'm saying like I think that he could have been even greater oh, yeah. had he had you know those things. And I think that's what Patrick Peterson is trying to. Avoid, avoid. Yeah, you're you know right. what I mean. Because he is. I mean, he doesn't get enough clout anymore or recognition for it. Mm-hmm. As a top cornerback, better than yeah. Jalen Ramsey to me. Yeah, he's. If not, they're right to neck and neck. But they don't really talk about it as much. He don't get talked about it as much because he is in Arizona, and all these cornerbacks are coming into the league now. They Patrick Peterson clones. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. That six foot, six foot one, man to man. I'll stick with this dude. It don't matter if he go in the slot on the left or the right. Yeah. I'm gonna stay with this man the whole game. Like there was a point in time when he was at his peak. You know, if your number one receiver was in Arizona, you can go ahead and mark him out the game because wherever he went, Patrick Peterson was gonna go. Right, he's about, and, he's like one of the few ones that do that though. That will follow yeah, you, your number but, one receiver but now, around the field. But now because he did it and he had so much success at it, Jalen Ramsey do it. Marshawn Lattimore do yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? They try and get Casey Hayward in, in uh, San Diego, uh, I mean, or L.A., Xavier Rose. A lot of these guys are Patrick Peterson clones. You yeah, know what I'm they saying? They're still not Patrick Peterson. No, nah, they're not. Nah, he's still – he. so, I mean, like, I, I, I get where he's coming from. I definitely uh, support it. I hope he does get it. But now it's kind of like 
what do you ask for? What do you get for from him? Because you see Amari Cooper went for a first round pick. What do you think? What do you think Patrick gonna go for? I think he'll go for like a third. Shit, I'm, I'm giving a second. I'm gonna say a second, or even maybe even. Well, just I, no, the only only reason I say that is just because he's eight. Yeah, I, I don't think he'll go as high as a second. He might because Seattle's asking for a second for Earl Thomas, and people were willing to give them that. Uh, I think what it was is was it a second. Earl, I yeah, th- I thought they wanted the first too. I thought they wanted the first from the Cowboys. Okay, it was a second. Cowboys came with a second. They said no. All right. And the only reason they did that is because Earl Thomas wanted to go there very bad. Right. So they trying to like trying to push it. Okay. Yeah. That makes like sense. we know y'all want him. We know he want to go there. Yeah. How bad you want him? You know that type of thing. Yeah. So uh, I hope it happens, man. Like I said, that's like the trade deadline is what next, next week. Next week. Yeah. So uh, I hope it happens for him. Or you know, yeah, I'm looking at him next year or whatever. But he's, he's still in his prime. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's definitely in his prime. So I think he, I think he deserves it. He's done a lot for them for he, organization. He's still young. He's just 28. Yeah, but that's those are prime years. 28, yeah. to 32. Yeah, he's he's still in his prime. Well, about 30 for NFL, I guess. Uh, so I like it, and I, I hope he goes somewhere. I think he is going to go somewhere. I think uh, I could see him. Lord forbid he go to Kansas City. It's done. Because Kansas City need a cornerback very bad mm-hmm. because they got Orlando Skandrick out there getting toasted. <laughs> so Boy, whenever got him a starting job and everything. He don't deserve it either. No, he ain't deserving doubt it. Lord forbid that, you know, I mean, I'm trying to think what could Kansas City give up to get him? Maybe like a draft pick? Yeah, it has to be a pick. Not to give a player for him. But I think uh, – well, I know they traded. They're gonna want to pick anyway. They traded um, yeah. Marcus Peters to the Rams. Yeah, and they got something in return for him. Maybe like pick. I wouldn't be surprised if that's where he goes. Yeah, I think that's the most logical landing spot for him. Uh, Man, I saw I saw that. Well, unless they go to like a more of like a win now team in like in Pittsburgh because they've been kind of struggling a little bit too. Yeah, they they I mean they got Joe Hayden there, but Joe Hayden too. he's not doing what he's supposed to do. And I saw a scenario with the damn Patriots, you know, the shit. I wouldn't be surprised if they have with them. They don't for nothing like that. The Patriots. I don't trying to pull something off, you know what I mean, but I, uh I don't, they don't know go for big name defensive players like that though. They have though. You know, uh as far as like cornerback wise I mean just big names, they they have. They go for big names more like on the defensive side like cornerbacks. No, I mean normally yeah, they really don't. Seen that in but a while for the Patriots, but I mean they uh, still somewhere I see him kind of like landing. Just they don't need him though. Yeah. They cornerbacks are actually good. Gilmore is good. Uh, I mean, of course you could use him, but just, you just that don't presence need out there, him. Though. But you're not throwing to that side. I mean, so we, if, if like, you put him out there and you got Gilmore on the other side, yeah, then you can't pass on the Patriots. Yeah. You know, uh, but me personally, I, I think the Chiefs. I wouldn't be surprised if they make a play because they need it bad. And they know, like, you know, we can throw the ball on these teams as much as we want, but we can't stop nobody. So, yeah, uh, you got that. Another player that they're talking about is on the move is Demarius Thomas. Yeah. You know, uh, that's, to me, the writing been on the wall for that. I thought they was going to get rid of him last year. Yeah. Uh, but they drafted a, a receiver this year. Because then who they got? They still got Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders still, still getting it done, yeah. Emmanuel Sanders still over there. So, yeah. But they got uh, Sutton. And they drafted, yeah. Sutton. You're right. Which is which is crazy to me because Sutton was right here at SMU. Yeah. Dallas needed a receiver. I, I wasn't a fan of Sutton like that. I was. I wasn't a big fan of him like but that. But I, I think the reason Dallas didn't really want him like that is because he was like another Dez type receiver. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He you was, know what I'm saying? Yeah. But – uh, to me, he he's more. Um, I think he's a little faster than Dez. And he he little, that's the thing about it. He didn't seem that fast to me. He a little bigger than Dez. And that's like those you bigger receivers. They kind of die down quick. They yeah, they, they, like, they speed go really. Yeah, quick. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I, that's why I really uh, like that that type of that pick. But uh, but yeah, so Demarius, I can kind of see him going somewhere pretty soon. Probably getting traded, but I don't see him going to. I don't see them trying to benefit or giving him the benefit of going to a good team. He's such a specific receiver, though. Yeah. Like I can't see him flourishing anywhere. Like he'll he'll have that's, to. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He'll have to go to like, like the Colts. I see. Went to like a, maybe a Jacksonville, but well, they need a quarterback though. But 
he 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 he'll fit in Jacksonville because Jacksonville they don't they try to throw a vertical, but most of the time it's just a bunch of checkdowns, yeah. a bunch of crossing routes. Uh, the Colts, uh, of course, the Patriots. I mean, he fit. He fits with what the Patriots do. Yeah, he's not going to know Josh Gordon. Nah, he he not. But I mean, he fits their scheme a lot. Um, the Bears. I mean, the Bears. They really don't have any outside receivers. Allen Robinson ain't doing nothing. Kevin White ain't doing yeah, nothing. He did in a couple weeks. Um, Bears coming though, man. Like Devontae Parker. They trying to trade him out of Miami. I don't know where he would go. Derek Carr. They gonna yeah. trade. They gonna trade him. Gonna trade I know him. they gonna trade him. Yeah, it's just. Where he gonna go? Is he gonna go to Arizona? Is he gonna go to Jacksonville? Is he gonna go to Buffalo? Yeah, it's no telling. But that's what I was gonna go with next. Um, so they, cause of the Mario Cooper trade, going to the Cowboys. Yeah, you know, and um, and it's kind of like people are people kind of bashing him. Well, okay, well yeah, some people kind of bashing Mario, saying that he wasn't worth that one first round pick. I can I can kind of see where he wouldn't be, but where I was gonna go with it from that is that uh. What kind of apple would he have? He might have a different apple with Dak, because Dak doesn't even have a number one receiver, Mm-mm. or you know, what I'm saying the type of running back. He hasn't played with that. That's another see. thing. It's, it's and you see what they had. What did Derek Carr do with him this year? And Derek, if you look at the rankings right now, Derek Carr is he's ranked. Um, he below Dak. He wait. That's what I'm saying. He's below Dak, and he had him already. And well, I guess Marshawn Lynch ain't he ain't Marshawn Lynch like no, he used to be. He 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 ain't no uh, Zeke. Right. So think about what you finna. What's what he walking into? And people are yeah. not seeing that part. And he's 24 years old. And like I said, he went to the Pro Bowl for the first two years and and two. had a thousand yard season then. Two thousand yard season. Right. Two thousand yard seasons, two Pro Bowls. And the Cowboys already made it out there clear that they were going to draft a receiver in this next uh next draft. And there aren't any. That's and what so I'm saying. That's I'm, like, I'm gonna go. I'm so like, if I'm gonna number one pick and I already plan on getting a receiver, was he gonna come out me better than Amari? No. That's what I'm saying. So it's like that's where I see like no, nah, I definitely I, I I'm gonna run with it, and the Cowboys with the way that the NFC is going right now, it looks like the Cowboys might fall toward the back of the draft. What well, the thing the, the is, later, is later yeah, that's what I'm saying. Draft, like later part of the draft, I'm, I'm with round. you. I'm with you. I'm like okay. First of all, you have to ask a question: Is there any player that the Cowboys can get um, that's better than Amari Cooper in this draft? Yeah, and right now. I don't think the Cowboys are going to tank. Not every receiver. They are still right there in the playoff hunt in their division. Yep. The Redskins are the number one seed in the division right now. The Cowboys and the Eagles are tied at three and three, I think, right? Yeah, three and three. So, with that being said, are they are they both three and three? Yeah. Cowboys three and three now. Okay. Have they already had a bye in my trip? They coming up now. Okay. So, this that this that week this week. So, so with that already uh, happening, it's like, what, what, what are you supposed to do? Like, if you're the Cowboys, you already got your quarterback. I know a lot of people don't like that. They don't. Yeah. And it's, it's, I get it because Dak, he ain't Tom Brady, he ain't Aaron Rodgers. You know what I'm saying? Tony Romo. He's Dak. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I feel like you can win with Dak. Yeah. I think. The offensive coordinators, they don't do Dak many favors, but you can win with Dak. And then the line ain't as good as it's supposed to be, and the receivers don't get much separation. And, um, you know, Dak, he still has his moments. So the thing about it is Amari's going to open this up now, though. Yeah, Amari's going to make it a lot easier. He's he's actually going to open it up for Zeke and Cole. And Cole's a leading receiver, which is – One thing that that Amari will do – is he'll take the top off the defense. Like, if you don't respect Amari's Cooper ability to get behind you, he will get behind you. Yeah. And Dak will hit him. You know, Dak has shown that if you open, he can't hit you. Like, there's been times where, you know, players have been open and Dak has missed them. Yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do with uh, Dak being so so literal with, with what he's supposed to do. Like, okay, this is my read on this play. I'm going to my read. If my read ain't there, yeah. then you know I'm going to my second read. That type of thing. Well, my thing about Dak is that, well, just on that point, he he he's gonna he's gonna wait for you to be open. So in other words, in NFL, you know that open gap closes very fast. Mm-hmm. So you can't wait for somebody to have two steps on a dude because that's that's gonna close quick. So rather than him having throwing the ball when he has a step on him, he wants to wait till he has two or three steps. That's college stuff, and that hurts a lot because then the yards of the catch is very very low for all his receivers. 
once they're catching it, they're already getting tackled mm-hmm. because they caught the ball late. And they waiting. Yeah, right. right, and they waiting. So and this is going to help out a lot with that. Um, the biggest thing about this, I think this now, this is also a tryout for Dak. Yeah, I, that's, you know a, that's what I'm the, so the other thing I was going to say. Now you're giving – so now it's going to be like instead of it being a tryout for Garrett – his ass, he should have been gone. It's gonna be a trial for Dak now. It's like, okay, we gave you these weapons now. Mm-hmm. Can you do something with it? I, I think it's a trial for get, both of them. Before we give you this big contract, I, I think it's for both of them. Yeah, I think this is like you know, and this is bold, like because to me the Cowboys should make this move because they should be thinking Super Bowl right now. Most definitely, you know what I'm saying. 2014, yeah. you were one catch away from the uh, NFC Championship. You would have gone up against Seattle. And I think they would have beat the hell out of Seattle because Seattle can't stop the power run. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Seattle, they go on. I think that's the year they lost to the Patriots. So uh, then 2016, Aaron Rodgers, he does some Aaron Rodgers things again, and yeah. he beat Dallas again. And that was a good team again that year. Yeah. Um, so here it is, 2018, about to be 2019. You should be thinking Super Bowl. You shouldn't be thinking, oh, man, we need this draft pick because such and such and such. No, man, you got a line that's still good but getting older. We've already went through the building process. Yeah, Right. You you have a running back who's going to be coming up on his second contract. You have a quarterback who's going to be coming up on his second contract. You got one of the best defensive ends in the league coming up on his contract. Yeah, he's already – He's playing on the uh, on the franchise yeah, tag, you know. You got a lot of people that need to get paid, and you're not going to be able to pay them all. No, Cowboys are definitely in win now. It's time to win. Yeah, and win this is like like Garrett, like say, bro. There's no excuse. Like, there's not too many teams in the, in the NFL that can say I have one, two, three All Pros on the line, even though yeah. one is out right now. I have an All Pro running back. I have a Pro Bowl quarterback, and a Pro Bowl receiver. I have an all-pro defensive uh, end. I have a Pro Bowl linebacker. Yeah, you I know mean, what I'm saying? Like You you will not think that, of course, but you know what I'm saying? From Jerry Jones' perspective, it's like he's always, he's probably bought Garrett some more time. Nah. As far as like – because he's always been like, this is my guy. He's getting it done. Nah. The only thing that's been killing Garrett this year that's different is the play calling. Not, well, it's always been play calling, but in certain situations, he's lost two games. On them because he didn't do like because like he didn't go on for 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 the fourth down in overtime at the other team's place. Yeah, that's like the cardinal rule. You'll never be passive against on on. He's, you know what I'm saying? I, on I, the, you know what? I, on this, the road, you never. This is my theory with Dallas. Coach. This is my theory with Dallas. I think teams take on the mindset of the coach. You have a very conservative, passive, scary, play it safe coach. So therefore, you have a quarterback that even though he doesn't make mistakes, he doesn't take chances. You have a defensive secondary where I've never seen a bunch of guys always in place to make a play that don't make a play because they don't gamble. Nobody on this team gambles. Nobody's trying to make a play on this team because you got Garrett as a coach who doesn't try to make a play as a coach. Everybody was talking uh, noise about Pat Shermer yesterday because he tried to go for the win against oh, Atlanta, man, I, and I they lost, but it. they suck. You know the, what I'm saying? But at least you still tried to go for the win. You if, know he had, what I'm if he had the right players, they Thank win you. that game. Thank you. They win that game. You, you, they just suck. That but, wasn't on him. Right. I, don't think, I think he did what every coach probably would do. Well, no, nah, not every situation. coach, but – Most, like, most right. good coaches like, like that. You, you got to be aggressive out here. Like the Eagles Andy coach. Andy Reid, he's doing that. Andy Reid, he's doing that same exact thing. The Eagles coach, he won – being aggressive. He won yeah. a whole Super Bowl being aggressive. I'm going to call a trick play in the Super Bowl. Well, that's the thing about it. I said, when you on that stage Super Bowl, playoffs, if you on the road, you always got to go for the win. You got to go, go for the win. You yeah. only got 16 games in the NFL. Yeah. You got to treat every game like it's the only game. That doesn't make any sense. You'll never give the other team bite the ball and they're at home giving them that much more confidence yeah. knowing that they're going to have something. That doesn't make any sense to me. That I mean, I feel like, I feel like all three of the losses that Dallas have is on Garrett. Yeah. Because they'll turn around like they did against Jacksonville. They get real creative with the play call and they put up 40 points. Um who's that first loss they they lost to Carolina? Yeah. They come back, they beat New York. No, they barely beat Carolina, right? No, I lost we lost Carolina. So you lose a Carolina so Dallas got four losses then, right? 
No, nah, should be yeah. So it's yeah, Carolina, yeah. Seattle. You're right. These three and yeah. four, yeah. Three yeah. So um but it's like when they lose, they come back and they play like they should have been playing all along. Very inconsistent. Yeah. You know, and then that's, that's the after they do that for years. one game, they'll go back to doing the thing that, that made them lose and they end up losing that game. Like you beat New York, you you lose to Carolina, you come back, you beat New York. Then you come out there against Seattle and it's like so mundane that Seattle know what you're doing. They sitting on top of the routes. Then you come back the game after that. You're mixing it up. You got a play call and you're throwing it to Zeke out the backfield. Like you're doing all these things that people are like, where the hell is this coming from? And then you come back the next game and you lose. I'm saying they barely, they didn't, the only thing they threw, I kind of came in late on this last game and they didn't throw any type of screen Mm-mm. or short passes or anything like that to um, Zeke. When they did, it was because was, it was a check down. It wasn't yeah. like directed to him. And like I'm saying, like as a Cowboys fan, you see that you was like, if you watch it every time, you see like, damn, they change every week their identity. Right. So it's like, what, what are you, you going doing? away from it? Nobody what are you stops doing? you while you going away from it. What are you doing? Like that's that's the question for Garrett. Like yeah. what I always ask people, like what is what is Garrett's identity? Like what is his coaching style? What you know what I'm saying? Like what is the offense they run? Like you know Andy Reid, he runs the West Coast. You know. Uh, some of these guys run the vertical pass game. Like what is the Cowboys? offensive style so those just questions that you got to ask when you watching these teams especially the cowboys you need to know this stuff because um they deserve the players deserve more man so yeah and i'm not even a fan but what (laughs) you think about that uh i mean i I mean i agree with you yeah you definitely put the the players the players decision in perspective too as far as where they're gonna go with their careers and what you're trying to do for them um I think you need to listen more to what's going on. I'll be more cognizant of what's going on with these players and make decisions. I mean, well, being a Cowboys fan, we know Jerry Jones is not going to listen to anybody else but himself. So now, that's not – That's another conversation, but I, yeah, I think Jerry really going to be uh, – I think Jerry listening to the fans. And I, I think this whole Amari Cooper thing, I think the fans are getting to him. I think he's seeing what the fans are saying with the coaching. And I really think – this is put up a so. shut up time for for Garrett, man. I hope so. Yeah, like I said, this is this is probably this is like the first time I've ever seen him question somebody his coach mm-hmm. in the media. That's the first I've seen him, right. you know, since long, long time. So, yeah, man. Well, yeah, we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up. We're gonna get out of here for today. Like I said, this is uh, episode nineteen. Nineteen, man. We rolling. Then line between love and sports again. Like I said, we you can find us on every media outlet out there. Um, just look us up. Then line between love and sports. Take a listen. Uh, if you don't listen anymore because you won the lottery, I definitely understand <laughs> because, you know, it's $1.6 billion tonight. I definitely understand it. But just at least throw us some money to get us out, out there a little bit. Right, right, man. right. Just toss us just a little bit, man. Yeah, Think about it. Something. But already, man, appreciate the love and the support. Thin line between love and sports, man. We out.